Who's at, who is always at work? God. God's always at work. Now keep that in mind because not only was He always at work uh, in the presence of His Son, He's always at work in our presence. And we'll see some examples of Him being at work. All right, how much can the Son do by Himself? Nothing, not anything, okay? What does the Son do? What does He do? Whatever He sees the Father doing. And so, keep this in mind. When you see the Father working in and around you, that's your invitation for you to join Him in what He's doing. Okay? And it'll be obvious once you begin to see, look for the Father and see where He's working. Number four, why does the Father show the Son what He's doing? Why does he do that? He loves the Son. Thank you. He loves the Son. And so God loves us, and he's going to show us on a daily basis what he's doing. And when he shows us what he's doing, then that's an invitation for us to join him. And you're going to find yourself, uh, as time goes on, probably tomorrow, you're going to be looking around wherever you are, and you're going to be, you're going to be trying to see where the Father's working. And you're going to see him working. And so I, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to look around. I'm going to give you another little worksheet right quick. My helpers get back up here. And uh, this, is, this is something for you to just keep and look over from time to time. And uh, you'll be looking over it a great deal. There you go. And we'll look at this together in just a moment. Cal, you can... Uh, Cal, I think we'll take that big poster, I think, if you got it. Okay, that's what you're being handed. You're handing out the seven realities of experiencing God, and you're getting a copy of that, and you can tuck that away where you can pull it out from time to time, put it in your Bible, because it'll become real familiar with you, uh, to you. And so uh, you'll be pulling that out from time to time and seeing the process and studying each, rea uh, each reality of God working. So we want to we look at this, we want to look at this together. Seven realities. And what I'd like for you to do, I'd like for you to look at your sheet that I just handed you, and I'd like for you to read those seven realities. Let me just read them for you, and then you, you, can, you can do the, the next exercise. Thank you, Walker. Okay, first of all, you'll see where God, number one, God is at work. God is always at work. Remember, he's always working. And he's, he's on the move. He's always working. If you'll drop down while he's working, he's trying to build a relationship with you. So he's building a relationship with you. And then when, when you see him working, then that's your invitation, number three, for you to join him in his work. And then God speaks to you. Now, we're going to see how God speaks to us. Let me have one of those, Ken, if you don't care about it. You're going to see how God speaks to you in different ways. And we'll talk about the ways that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word, speaks to us through a, a, another Christian friend. He'll speak to us through his Holy Spirit. He'll speak to us during our time of prayer. And so he's going to speak to us, okay? And when he speaks to us to show us his will... For our lives, number five, that's always going to bring about a crisis of belief. 
Now, so when God speaks to you, and you're saying, God, what's your will in regards to this? Uh, he's going to speak to you, and when he speaks to you, that's going to bring about a crisis of relief. Of relief. You're going to be, what the crisis of belief is, is really what you think more about God than what he thinks about you. Can God really do what he's telling me to do? Can he, can he make it possible for me to do what he's asking me to do? And you're going to have a crisis of belief. You're going to say, can God do this? And then when you come to, I'm going to obey God, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to step out in faith and obey God. When you do, you'll have to make some adjustments, number six, and so you'll have that crisis of belief. You'll make whatever adjustments are needed, and then you'll obey God, and when you obey God, you'll just experience God that much more. So that's the seven realities of experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God. Now, look, if you will, at your green sheet. God's always at work around you. God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. So God is pursuing us, trying to maintain this loving relationship that's uh, real and it's personal. Number three, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. We talked about that. Number four, he speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church, other believers, to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. And so when you... I like to, in my own personal experience, when I can get two of those, when I can get uh, two of those and how God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit, through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, when I can get two, three, pretty well three, I'm pretty sure that I know what God's will is for my life. I mean, it, it's, you know, just don't take one, but take two or three. Get two or three to line up before you say, this is God's will for my life. And they will. They'll line up. It'll surprise you. Number five, God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires what? Faith and action. So when you're, when you're praying for God to, oh God, what is your will in regards to this? Job change, okay, for instance. Okay, what you want to do is be praying, and as you pray and build this relationship with God, he's going to speak to you through prayer and through Bible study, through other believers. He'll speak through, through, uh, uh, through cir to you through circumstances. And then when you're pretty well sure that's God speaking to you, you're going to have a crisis of belief. And as you do, you're going to have to make some adjustments. You're going to have to make some adjustments, Chris. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to have to make some adjustments, and then you step out in faith, in action. You, you make a decision. This is what God's will is, and I'm going to do it. I'm stepping out in faith and action. Okay, so number six, make those adjustments uh, in your life to join God in what he's doing, and you'll come to know God by experience as you obey him and as he accomplishes his work through you. Now, you're going to experience God perhaps in some ways. Uh, you're, going to, you're going to be so excited because you, you, you're going to really experience God and it's going to touch your heart and you're going to be excited in how God's working in your life. You're going to be excited as you see God working around you. And uh, it's just, uh, well, you're going to really enjoy this. Um, let's look, uh, let's see what I got on the on the board, Kyle. Thank you.
Okay. I want to look at Moses for just a minute. Uh, seven realities in, Mo, uh, in Moses. And so you don't have to look this scripture up. I'm going to read it for you. The first is God was, we're going to take this chart and we're going to use Moses kind of as an example. And I have scripture passages up there, but you can jot those down and look later. And, and I have them in print here and I'm just going to read them. God was already at work at Mo, oh, God was already at work around Moses. Exodus 2, 23 through 25. Listen to what it says. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor. They cried out and they cry, and that, their cry for help because of the difficult labor ascended to God. God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And God saw the Israelites and God knew. So thinking about Moses. Reality number two, we're going to see God pursued a loving relationship with Moses that was real and personal. Listen to this. Moses was a murderer, yet God took the initiative to come to Moses and, initiative and initiated a love relationship with him. God told Moses he would go with him into Egypt. Many texts throughout Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy illustrate the way that God pursued this loving relationship with Moses. Here's an example in Exodus 24, 12, and so forth. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay there so that I may give you stone tablets with law commandments I've written for their instruction. When Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on the Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses from the cloud. Moses entered the cloud as he went up to uh, up the mountain, and he remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So God's pursuing this relationship with Moses. Okay? Number three, let's look at this. God invited Moses to become involved uh, in his work. Exodus 3, 8, I've come down to rescue them, the Israelites, from the power of the Egyptians, and bring them from the land to a good and spacious land. Therefore, go, I'm sending you... Uh, to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so God's building this relationship. He's working before Moses even knew that he was working. And suddenly God invites Moses to become involved with him. God spoke to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. This is found in, in, um, in Exodus, um, I believe, um, let's see, number four. Exodus chapter uh, 3, verse 2 through 8. Listen to this. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from within a bush, and God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, and here am I, he answered. Do not come any closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. He continued, I'm God your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And the Lord said, I observed the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I know about their sufferings, and I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians to bring them from the land uh, to a land that's good and a spacious land. If there is a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He's faithful in all of my household. And I speak to him directly. So God spoke to Moses to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. And so God's going to be speaking to you. He's going to be speaking to me. 
to reveal what his purpose and his ways are. Then God's initiative for Moses to work to lead him to a crisis of belief that required faith and action. Moses expressed a crisis of belief. He said in Exodus 3.11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites? See his crisis of belief? He knows what God's going to do. God's invited him to be at work with him. He knows what God is doing, but it produced a crisis of belief in his life. If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me, and they ask me, What's his name? What shall I tell them? What if they, don't, what if they won't believe me? And will not obey me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you. Please, Lord, I've, I've, I've never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you've been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. And so he has this crisis of belief. He knows what God's doing. He knows God wants him to be a part. But all of a sudden, he says, hey, I don't know about this. I, I, I really, I've never spoken in front of people. I've got this speech impediment. Started making all these excuses why God couldn't use him the way that God wanted him to. Moses had to make a major adjustment in his life to join God in what he did. And this is uh, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. So Moses' crisis of belief called for faith in action. Listen. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the... the fleeting pleasure of sin. By faith he left Egypt behind, being afraid of the king's anger. For Moses persevered as one who, who sees him who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood uh, so that the destroyer, the firstborn, might not touch the Israelites. By faith they crossed the Red Sea as, though, uh, as they were on dry land. And when the Egyptians attempted to do it, they were drowned. So he came to a crisis of belief and this crisis of belief brought about faith in action. Now, the same thing is going to happen with us when we're trying to discover God's will. God, we're going to realize God is working our life. He invites us to be a part of his work. This is what we're going to have to do in order to be a part of that, to, know his, to, to do his will. That produces a crisis of belief. And then we make some adjustments, and we, take out, we, take, we go forth. Uh, in faith and in action, okay? And then number seven, Moses came to know God by experience as he obeyed God. Came to know him by experience as he obeyed God, and God accomplished his mighty works through Moses. The Lord said to Moses, While you crying out to me, tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch your hand out over the sea, divide... Uh, and, and divide the, it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. As for me, I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so they'll go in after them and I'll receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army and his chariots and his horses. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with powerful east wind all the night, turned the sea into dry land. The waters were divided. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their left and the Egyptians set out on pursuit. So Moses came to know God by experience as he obeyed God and accomplished, God accomplished his work through him. Now, knowing God 
by experience. You'll never be satisfied merely to know about God. You know, we perhaps know a lot about God, but you'll never be satisfied merely to know about God. You'll, you will come to know God through experiences as He reveals Himself to you and you respond to what He says. Now let's talk about knowing God by experiences. How can I know God by experiences? Well, let me share some things and how I came to know God by experiences. And you probably have had some of these same experiences. First of all, I knew God was a convictor. It's the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin in my life. So I knew God as being the convictor. Okay? Probably the experience that I hope you have. I believe perhaps everyone here tonight are believers. So I, I experienced God. He's the God of my conviction. He convicts me that I'm a sinner. He convicts of sin and of righteousness, of judgment. So I've experienced him as that. I've experienced him as the forgiver. He's forgiven me of my sins. He said he would forgive me. He'd remove any guilt. He'd remove, uh, any, uh, he'd remove all of my sins. And I experienced him as the forgiver. I've also experienced him as my Savior. I trusted him. I put my faith in him and him alone. And I, I trust Him and only Him. He forgave me of my sins. And because I put my faith in Him, I know I have a home in heaven. I've experienced Him as my Savior. I've experienced Him as my strength. There have been times that I really didn't have the physical strength that I needed to go through certain things. One was when the tornado came. And you've heard me say this. I ran down the hill and I was weak. I mean, I was almost like, when I saw the church and these houses and the cemetery and I said this Lord if you don't help us we're not going to make it and all of a sudden I had strength that I never had experienced before and God just from then on God gave me physical strength mental strength Uh, he just strengthened me all over and so I've experienced him as my strength He's been my strength. Psalms 43 verse 2 uh, speaks of that. And then I've experienced him as my healer. I've asked God to, to heal me in certain areas, physical healing, and God's done that. So I've experienced him as my healer. And so what we need to understand is knowing God by experience. You'll never be satisfied until you come to know God through experience as he reveals himself to you And you respond to what he says. In the Bible, God took the initiative to reveal himself to people by experience. By experience. So when God revealed himself to individuals, he disclosed a new name to them or described himself in a fresh way. So when God revealed himself to different ones in the Bible... When they experienced him, they did what? They tacked a name to that, just like my Savior and my Forgiver and my Redeemer. Those were names given to God because people experienced him those ways, in those ways. Okay? Knowing God by experience. So this is a reason that we see new names or titles for God following an event in which someone experienced God in a fresh way. So... To know God by name required a personal experience of uh, his presence. 
biblical names, titles, descriptions of God. Therefore, identify ways Bible characters personally came to know God. The scriptures are a record of God's revelation of himself to people. Okay? Now, before we get into course overview, let's talk a while. How have, let's, let's give illustrations in how we've experienced God in different ways. Like, he's my savior, and he's my forgiver, and he's my, my strength. Any, anybody else want to share anything in how have you experienced God? Uh, and uh, he's, he's a certain name to you. Do what? Lord? Okay. All right. I, I got to get down here right here. All right, how, how, can you, how have you experienced God? Lord, you've experienced him as Lord, okay. That's good, Rhonda. How, anybody else? Healer, okay, healer. Comforter, oh, thank you, Brenda, a comforter. You know, God, the Bible tells us that God is the father of comfort. And that father means he begets comfort. He births comfort. If you can imagine that. He's the father of it. If, it. if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have the comfort we need. Anybody else? That's good. Thank you, Brenda. He's the provider. Anybody God ever provided for you? And you, didn't, you, know, you thank God he came through? Man, if he didn't come through. Brother Philip? Caretaker. Caretaker. All right. He's our caretaker. That's good. Who else? How have you experienced God? The what? Rebuilder? Rebuilder. Yeah. Who was that? Protector. Thank you. Do what, Kim? He's answered your prayers. Okay. Sustainer. Peace. He's our peace. See, God's revealed himself to us in different ways, and we really, at the time, we didn't think, you know, we say, well, have we experienced God? Yeah, we experience God all the time. He's working around us all the time, in our lives, around our lives, in the lives of our spouses and our children. And, and you can just see him, you can see him working if we take time just to see him and, and watch what he's doing. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to learn to do. Tomorrow, wherever you are, you, you'll say, now, I'm going to see, uh, I'm going to look for God working today. I'll do that tomorrow after I go to the bank for the church and drop off at the coffee shop. and I'll see God working um, every day if we'll just take time to look. Oftentimes we're too busy. We're in too big of a hurry. So we want to, uh, uh, we want to recognize how God is working in and around our life. Let me do this course study. Why am I leading this course? Well... Years ago, in 19, I believe it was 1993, we were praying about building a building, the one that blew away with the tornado, the building. And uh, I wanted to make sure that as I led God's people that, that it was the right thing to do, to build or not to build. And so uh, Henry Blackerby came out with this material, and so I went and took the, took the training, went through it by myself, went to a... Uh, they went through the entire uh, 
back then it was like 14 weeks, I think. And so I came back, and then I taught a group through. And during this process, it was, it was evident what God wanted us to do. But we came to a crisis of belief. And that usually, a crisis of belief usually uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a church with a building program, the crisis of belief, what would you think the crisis of belief would be? How are we going to pay for it? You're right. How are we going to pay for it? Now we know God's spoken to us through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through other people, even through circumstances, and we pretty well know this is what God wants us to do, but we come to this crisis of belief, and it doesn't say that much about us, but it says what we think about God. Our budget went from $1,200 a week to $2,400 a week overnight. And it, it was hard to get to twelve. <laughs> so can God do what he said for us to do? So the crisis of belief, it's not that stewardship's not important. We have to evaluate all of that, and we do, because God, you know, God tells us to count the cost, you know, does a does a general go up against the army without counting the enemy's number or comparing, counting his? You, you have to cover all the bases, and then you reach a conclusion, this is what God wants us to do, but then you have that crisis of belief. And then at, at crisis of belief, what's number six? Is that number six? What's that on your sheet? The, after the crisis of belief. There you go. Crisis of belief, make adjustments. You make adjustments, okay? And you, you, we made adjustments in regards to size and what we really needed as opposed to what we kind of wanted. And, and so then it came a time to where we made those adjustments and we stepped out and we just obeyed God and then God began to work in so many ways and, and brought that about. And so... You know, oftentimes we think God's hiding his will from us. Please show us your will, God. Please show us your will. And he shows it, and we really know what it is, but that crisis of belief, it's just hard for us to step out and do what we know God wants us to do. And oftentimes we're hung there. I've often thought from time to time, what if we were still in that little building that seated 120 people? What if we were still there today? See? And a lot of people, I say a lot of people, some wanted to stay there. They wanted to stay there. But we knew overall what God wanted us to do, but it took that crisis of belief and a step of faith. Just is not, uh, just is not, just a, this is, should be, this is not just a course. It's not a method of seven easy steps to knowing God's will. It's not a method of seven easy steps, knowing God's will, sorry about that. But it's, it's, it's a process. It's a process that builds a love relationship with us and God. And in the meantime, God reveals himself to what his will is for our life. Okay? Um, this course is designed to help members develop a relationship in which they can clearly hear from God is speaking and recognize where he's working and join him in his work and experience him working through them to accomplish his purpose. And we're going to be studying these titles. Unit number one is going to be God's will in your life. 
These are going to be units uh, that we'll be studying. Number two, look into God. Number three, God pursues a loving relationship. Number four, love and God's invitation. Number five, God speaks. Part one, we're going to see how he speaks, those different ways. Number six, God speaks, part two. And number seven, the crisis of belief. Number eight, adjusting your life to God. Number nine, experiencing God through obedience. Number ten, God's will in the church. Number eleven, kingdom people. And number twelve, experiencing God in your daily life. So that's the, that's the unit titles. Now, um, let's see. Okay, uh, what I want to do now, um, Chris, if, you, if you'll go ahead and get those books in there. Um, you can go through this way, Chris. Uh, it may be easier, closer. Um, Craig, can you help him? Can you help Chris, would you please? Sorry. What we want to do now is that we're going to go ahead and, and, and I want to give out the books. I'm trying to end about 6 o'clock tonight because this was just an introduction to the, to the course. Um, and then um, see if there's any questions on what we're going to be doing in uh, the coming week. But um, they'll be here in just a moment. This right here is what your book will look like. And it's, uh, if y'all would, just uh, go ahead and hand, just distribute those, if you would. We're going to, if you can take one side, you can set them down and hand them out and be fine. Should have enough for everybody. I ordered 50. And I mentioned that uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen after... Uh, 50 people uh, learn how to experience God and know the will of God for their life. And so I'm looking forward to it. Don't let the size of the book be frightening to you. Don't let it scare you. And this is, this is just you doing a, a, daily, a daily quiet time with the Lord. Uh, we're going to look at this together when everybody gets one. One thing that uh, I need to ask you to do is uh, you'll need to pick up a spiral-bound notebook for a, a prayer journal. Uh, Brother Terry, you, where'd you get those notebooks you found the deal on? Walmart? I think they're going to use some joy. You're going to use some uh, Operation Christmas Child? Yeah, Operation Christmas Child. Okay. Anyway, find you a spiral notebook with about 150 pages in it. Something you've got, and that's going to be just for something for. And we'll need to bring those with you on Sunday night. 
you'll need to bring this book back with you on Sunday night. And so bring your, bring your uh, prayer journal. It's going to be a prayer journal. We're going to look at that in just a moment. Okay, let's walk through this. If you look on page 6 of your book, this is uh, unit 1. This is God's will in your life. And on the left side, page uh, 6, with a little flame there, uh, there's a verse to memorize. Now, I don't know what, what translation... Yes. You, have, how many books do we... Oh, uh, let me see. They, they're going to get some more? Here they go. Now, if you don't get a... I ordered 50 feet. If we don't get a book, we'll have some more in Wednesday night, hopefully. We'll find out how many we like. Here comes some more, Chris. You got some extras there? Okay. There's Carolyn. Okay, if you didn't get a book, uh, give me your name and we'll have you one Wednesday night. Maybe if you're... If you're uh, we'll, uh, we'll get some more here. We'll overnight them tomorrow, hopefully. And we'll have them. Okay, how many books? If you didn't get a book, raise your hand. If you didn't get a book. One, two, two, two. Two. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll get some more Wednesday night. We'll order a half a dozen more and it should take care of it. Let's look at this. If you have a book or close to a book. On the left, you have a verse to memorize. And so we're going to, whatever translation, you know the best translation to use is the one you read. A lot of people uh, have a favorite translation and they don't read it. And so this is, uh, this book was, it's in the American Standard Version, I believe. But, but anyway, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So, scripture memorization is what we're going to see. Uh, I used the King James when I went through this. John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And so, memorize that verse. Now, to help you memorize that verse, in the back of your book, you have some scripture cards. So, those are just perforated, the last page, next to the last page. You have some perforated scripture cards, and so you can tear those out and put one in your purse or pocket or print others and put them around the kitchen cabinet or wherever you want to put them. But we, we want to learn those scriptures. It's, it'll benefit you to learn scripture. And you may feel like, well, I'm too old to do that right now, but, you know, you really, uh, we can do it. All right, now let's look uh, um, on page uh, 8 in your book. Uh, this is day one. Jesus is your way. 
And so let's just, that's day one. And what you're going to do is day one, that's your, that's your quiet time for the day. Okay, day two, if you'll turn over, day two, you're saying, my, that's so long. It's not long. You take you about 30 minutes. You'll look on page 13, and you have a day, daily review. Okay, daily review. It just asks you some questions. Your, your scripture uh, look on page 14. This is day two. This is Jesus is your model. Okay? If you'll notice, he's got uh, scripture printed. If it tells you to read something, if you don't have your Bible, there's uh, on day two, uh, it says Malachi 3.6 in the paragraph, right, right by number one, and down to your left, it's got Malachi 3.6 printed, and so your scripture's even printed for you. Okay? All right, then you thumb on through, and then you got day three on page 17. Day four is on page 21. And day five on page 24. And then you come on page 29, you have God's will in your life, and this is a video teaching session and so next Sunday night we're going to show this video teaching uh, session here at the church it'll be about 16 minutes long and that'll be part of our study next week and then you go to unit two and day one day two three four and five pretty self-explanatory and when we get here everybody have your work done it's not hard it's very simple and so uh, just schedule about 30 minutes sometime and uh, take this and your Bible and sit down with your journal. And uh, as God speaks to you, day one, whatever he says to you, make a note. And you'll find yourself, you'll find yourself make a note. Study one day at a time. And the reason you don't work ahead is that doing one day at a time, at a time it gives you an opportunity to cultivate your intimacy with the Lord. You're just not trying to do work. You're trying to spend time with him. So do, do day one, put it down, and go on about your business. Next day, do day two. And so don't work through the book this week, okay? You don't have to do that, okay? So units one and two, God works in the lives of his people. Three through nine units uh, gives the greater detail in the realities that we talked about, those seven realities. 10 through 11 focuses on the church and the larger body of Christ, which is the kingdom. And 12 helps you to apply the truth to your life. And so those are things um, uh, that, that we'll be studying. Uh, always spend time, review at the end of the day. Each, each day has a review. And, and you're, nobody's taking the books up. Nobody's looking. And so if you would um, uh, just... Go ahead and begin to uh, uh, pray and ask God to speak to your heart. On memorization, write the verse, reference on a card, seek understanding, read the verse in context, study the verse and try to understand what it means. Like John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branch. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So what does that mean? So just write out what you think that means. Okay? Read the verse out loud several times, and that helps. 
Learn the verse one phrase at a time. Divide the verse into short and meaningful phrases. Learn to quote the first phrase word for word. Then build on it by learning the second phrase. Continue until you can quote the entire verse. So I am the vine. I am the vine. I am the vine. I am the vine. You're the branches. You're the branches. So just build on one phrase after another. And before long, uh, you'll have that verse You'll have that verse down pat. Repeat the verse to another person and ask him to check your accuracy. And always use, use the scripture passage. Uh, quote the verse, but always put John 15, 5. Always know the scripture passage, okay? Regularly review the memorized verse. During the first week, carry the card in your pocket or purse, pull it out. And these notes are in your book there. I believe you'll find them. But uh, so next week, uh, uh, week after next, uh, you'll pick up another verse. And what you'll do, you'll review the verse that you had this week as you memorize the next verse. And so it's real simple. You're going to do really good. Okay? Okay. Now, um, so go through the book. Start. Read the introduction. Do session, do day, day one, two, three, four, and five, and then uh, come back ready on uh, Sunday. You've got uh, Saturday free. If you miss a day, you can pick it up, but there's two, there's two days built in where you can, if you miss a day, you can pick up the time. Any questions? Got any questions? Just, just a little introduction about the seven realities, and you're going to be studying those seven realities because you're going to be expecting to hear from God and, and see what uh, God is doing and then to adjust your life to what he wants you to do. Remember, what he's doing is an invitation for you to do what he's doing. He'll invite you to, to be uh, with him in that work. Okay? Let's see. One other thing... Um, All right, let me, uh, let me give this out to you. Guys, can you help? Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Let's look at this just for a moment as we end up tonight. This is, uh, this right here is your group covenant, okay? And so we've got, uh, we've got a large group. Instead of having eight to ten, we've, we're going to have about 50. And so we're having to scale it down just a little to get everything in. So, but this is it's really important. And this is... Uh, Here's what I'm doing. In your book, you have a copy of this. Okay, you have a copy of the of the group covenant. I think maybe maybe toward the end of the book. Yeah, it's on page 270. So what you what we can do is thank you, Bill. What I'd like to do is go ahead and sign sign this, and let's read it. I, Sammy Taylor, covenant 
with my Experiencing God group to do the following. Complete the study of the Experiencing God workbook each week before the group session. Pray regularly for my fellow group members. Participate in all group sessions unless urgent circumstances beyond my control prevent my attendance. When unable to attend, I'll make up the session at the earliest possible time with a group leader or with a assigned group member. Participate openly and honestly in the group sessions. Keep confidential any personal matter shared by others in the group. Be patient with my Christian brothers and sisters in my church as God works in us to make us what he wants us to be. I'll trust God to convince others of his will. I will not try to manipulate or pressure others to do what I think is best. I'll simply bear witness of what I sense that God may be saying to us and watch to see how God's Spirit uses that witness. Pray at least weekly for my pastor and church and others. There's your little note, a place to add some others, and signature. And it says, Experiencing God Group Members. So what I'd like for you to do in your book, what we did when we went through a small group, we signed it, and then we went around when we had opportunity and we had other group members to sign it. And so on the back of this one, if you'll sign this, stick it in your book, and, and from time to time during our sessions, get people to sign this that, that's part of the group, part of the group, and then you'll have that, their signature, and you'll be able to, to pray for them. And so that's what we want to do. And so we're going to use this kind of as a, uh, a covenant. Sign it in your book, but then sign this and get, it, uh, get others to get their name. Let them know you're going to be praying. Sign their, sign their covenant. You're going to be praying for them. As many as you can get that's in our group. Okay? Then, one thing I need you to do tonight is Corey's got some little cards. And if, and, uh, if our guys will come back, and we're going to give these cards out to you. And all you need to do with this is um, sign your name that you were here tonight and put them on the Welcome Center. Because we've got, uh, got to have a list. If you, if you need a book, just put need a book. Uh, y'all can go ahead. Canaan, y'all can go ahead and give these out. Ken, can you help them? I'll speed things. Ken, can you help them? Look, Canaan, give him some of those and we'll speed it along pretty good. And if you need a book, make a note on there. Need a book, okay? And um, we want everyone to have a book. You need the book. Okay? Sign your name. Drop it by the Welcome Center. And then we'll have, a, we'll have a record of who's in the group. But this session, just an introduction to it. And so next week we move along pretty, pretty good. If you have any questions during the week or get stumped on something, holler at me and we'll, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll help you any way that I can. We'll get it worked out. Everybody got a going to have a drawing for a hundred dollar bill. Not really. We're just making sure you get a card. Got one. All right. Good. All right. Thank you for being here tonight. It's uh, six o'clock, and they're going to be turning loose back there in the back. I'm excited about what God's going to do, and I hope that you'll. Uh, 
um, be praying and be involved in your study and God's going to bless us, bless you, bless us as a church. All right, let's stand. We'll be dismissed. Well, Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had to just give an introduction to experiencing God. It's going to be great, Lord. And I thank you for the Blackerbys, Lord, speaking to their heart. Lord, where they can disciple us and as we can have a better relationship with you, improve that relationship. At the same time, Father, uh, we can just in a very simple way see where you're working in our life and what you want us to do to join you and, and Lord, for your will to be done in our life. Thank you for what you're going to do this coming week as we all dive in and have our quiet time. And Father, we give you the honor and glory and praise for every, for every bit. We thank you for all that you've done through your son, Jesus. And we, we pray tonight, Lord, I pray for little Cyrus Crandall. I lift him up to you in prayer. And I pray for his mom and dad, and uh, Shelby and Luke. And I pray for their family. His grandmother was buried today, and I know there's a lot of grief there. And so I lift that family up to you in prayer. But be with little Cyrus, Lord, and I pray that that you'll take care of him. I know you love babies. You love children and little babies. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would just take care of him tonight. Thank you for all that you'll do. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.